I don't really know how to start shows. Come on now, don't start, don't start liking me now. So yeah, I'm funny compared to you. Know, well, you'll see later. I stand for mayhem. I know a lot of fucking idiots. I think a lot of shit is mean spirited just because it goes against what they believe. But the relief of comedy is it takes things that aren't funny and it allows us to laugh about them for an hour. We got a purple suit to buy and a gigantic coffin. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Why You Laughing Today, not from the Vaulted Podcast Studios, but we are remote, just me and Craig. And tonight, I am pleased to introduce you to the canceling of Jamie Kilstein, who is uh, a very strange character, and you may never have heard of him, but uh, I found this story to be very interesting. I saw him making the rounds on podcasts recently, which kind of sparked, uh, you know, his his saga in my memory. Um, so this will be a uh, somewhat different episode than we usually do. We'll kind of go through the history of the story in the same way that we do, but it also shows, um, you know, what a lot, what happened to a lot of comedians, whether, I mean, this is before the Trump era technically, but in this you know, cancel culture age or whatever you want to call it, um, Jamie Kilstein is kind of a, uh, you know, a symbolic figure of what happened to comedy in the last 10 years or so. Um, so, uh, we can get right into it, but do you remember Jamie Kilstein at all, Craig? I, like I said, I, I knew of him and I knew his whole story went, you know, yeah. psycho, uh, feminist, I guess, or yeah. whatever they call male versions of that. And then, uh, I remember, I remember the allegations coming out against him and a lot of people being pretty happy about it. Well, we'll see. Spoiler alert, folks. We'll get there. Oh, sure. um, but first, I do want to tell everyone, make sure you go to patreon.com slash blind If you want to support this program, you get Why You Laughing episodes a week early. That's on the $10 tier, by the way. That may change soon. There may be something in the works. We'll figure it out. But I wa- uh, we had a, a WATP fan sign up and he's like, hey, Mike, I, I listened to the whole you know, catalog of why you laughing. So I figured I'd support the Patreon. And then when I subscribed, like, I don't understand what this is. <laughs> so he didn't know what the blind Mike project was or any of that nonsense. So uh, you will be getting a lot of that. But uh, if you want to support the show, you can do it at patreon.com slash blind Mike. Or if you just want to support the show for free, uh, give us a like and subscribe on YouTube, blind Mike project on YouTube, as well as uh, iTunes, Spotify, leave a five-star review, uh, you know, follow us on social media. All that stuff helps the show, or so they tell me. And uh, Craig also uh, hosts a very good show, and they have a Patreon now as well. So check that out if you would be so kind. Um, all right, so let's get into it here. But first, I'll give a little backstory on who Jamie Kilstein is. He's a comedian. Um, he's right, in, and now he's probably around. 40 years old, kind of in that same age range with a lot of the guys I'm about to mention, but he came up and was friends with guys like Nate Bargatze, Pete Holmes. Um, and those are like, you would consider them maybe cleaner comedians, but he was even friends with guys like big J Okerson, like, you know, the, the filthiest of the filthy. Um, and he came up and was, I think like a left leaning comedian for sure. Um, like I, I, I do think Jamie Kilstein is a liberal, uh, and a Democrat, but then he went into a world of psychosis. He fell down this rabbit hole of extreme left-wing comedy and the, um, kind of, it was more important in what Jamie Kilstein was doing to be, you know, socially woke 
um, rather than funny. So I think to start, we have a couple examples of Jamie's comedy that he started doing. And I do have to say got fairly popular with in, in certain circles. Uh, do, you, do you want the cat calling first? Yeah, so this is a song. I don't know how much musical comedy he really did, but this is probably his most notable bit that comedians started making fun of. But uh, this is some, I don't know. You tell me if you can detect any virtue signaling in this uh, little ditty. A lot of women uh, recently have been writing about their experiences getting catcalled. A lot of guys on the internet have said that they're exaggerating and that love to get catcalled. A woman gets catcalled. So I want to live in that world real quick. Gonna set the mood. Imagine a guy's walking to work in New York. Has his headphones up, looking down. Suddenly he sees the thing that every man fears. A woman standing on the street corner. He knows what's coming. So he takes a deep breath and suddenly he hears her. Hey! Nice cock! So it's basically just screaming like, hey guys, I'm I'm woke. I mean I'm with you. I'm with her, as they say. Ugh. Um so that kind of that that is an example of what comedians started to really mock about Jamie Kilstein. Um, but I, the mocking did not start at first because generally comedians support each other. Like it's taken a lot for people to start dumping on Brendan Schaub, you know, right, right. it's, it's been, he's been begging, he's been cruising for a bruising for some time now. Yeah. And that was kind of the deal with Jamie Kilstein where like a lot of comedians bit their tongue and we're like, okay, I don't really know what he's doing. This isn't really the guy I know. And that song that we just played also kind of screams of, and this accusation is thrown out a lot about people like this, whether it's on Twitter or in comedy or wherever. But um, a lot of where like these uh, white knights come from is just trying to get laid, essentially. And uh, most people would deny that claim. Jamie Kilstein denied that claim for a long time and we'll get there, but it's interesting to watch the uh, evolution or, or demise of a guy who was genuinely doing this for those reasons. Um, So we'll give you another example real quick before we get into the meat of this of things Jamie Kilstein would do to kind of wave his arms and show you how progressive he is. Cis male. Yeah. Although he's playing the hits as they like to say. Yeah. These are, this is one of his, he had a series of YouTube videos and this is one of them where it's just him kind of riffing in front of the camera. And I'll give Jamie Kilstein credit. Um, as much as we might rip on aspects of, of his work today. Uh, he was one of the first guys to do this. This is like 2010 ish. Yeah. Uh, so he, he was pretty early in this game. You got to at least give him that. Yeah, he was, he was a founding father of uh, when when things go wrong. I, I he, was a, he was a founding father of just annoying little busybodies, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, remember that remember that commercial when uh, when the guy's going to hit on a girl and the other guy like stops him. Did you have you seen that? It was like I a Gillette, it was like a Gillette Super Bowl commercial or something. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was that way before that commercial and before yeah, it was. Jamie cool. Kilstein's like they're ripping me off. He's yeah. one of these people tweeting at SNL now. Like, yeah, hey, it was mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so let's hear one more from Jamie. 
You're all probably pretty mad at me and reaching for the button on your computer that destroys your computer, but it's cool. I'm sis. It's not a derogatory word. I call myself sis, cause one, that's what I fucking am. And two, so I don't make trans people feel like subcategories of humans. Some of you are probably like, ugh, another progressive word I have to memorize to make people feel included? Yeah. So, so another thing, speaking of founding fathers of some of these trends, Jamie Kilstein was also very early, early on um, this, this type of joke where it's like, um, yeah, when I talk to racist people, I say, um, how about you not do that? <laughs> Maybe lay where, off. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, well, uh, yeah, no, what's the joke? Like m most of us agree with you. You shouldn't be racist or sexist. We're, we're on board. We just don't need to hear you yapping about it. <laughs> so I'm not here today just to, this is not like a Tom Myers-esque bashing of a comedian. That's not what we're here to do today. Uh, we are here to show you the evolution of a man um, that was, uh, you know, this might be, but tell Jerry about this podcast. Jerry Callahan would like this because mm. we're really, we're tearing down the libs today. <laughs> Should have had <laughs> like him I on. Said, it's a somewhat different episode of Why You Laughing, but it does fit the trend. We'll get there, folks. Um, so do we go right into the Rogan episode now? Yeah, the, the Tosh joke. Yeah, so... Um, I was always under the impression because I, I learned about this story after it had all kind of played out. Um, so I was under the impression that Jamie Kilstein went on Rogan specifically to talk about this Daniel Tosh issue. Um, and it turns out that is one of the reasons they invited him on, but it's not until the end of the podcast. It's a, um, I believe it's a longer than two hours that they did with each other. Mm -hmm. And um, they don't talk about it until like an hour 40 in to the podcast. So, uh, and, and they're, you know, they're talking about fighting and jujitsu and all the stuff that Rogan loves to talk about. So, and it was a pretty civil podcast and just keep that in mind as we go along here, because it's not exactly how it ends up being portrayed later. Um, but if you guys are, were, you know, stand-up fans around this time, you may remember Daniel Tosh having to apologize, uh, for a joke. And rather than me explain it, I think Rogan gets into it with our first clip here. Daniel Tosh was on stage and he was talking to the audience about, you know, what should he talk about next? And someone yells out rape yep. and he goes on, he starts saying, Oh yeah, like that's funny. And like, uh, what's, what's funny, the humiliation, what is it? The violence? He's, he goes on this rant of mm -hmm. all the things that are unfunny about rape, at which point some woman yells out, actually nothing is funny about rape. Right. Like, to stop this conversation now, just all self-righteously. And he goes, wouldn't it be funny if, like, five guys raped her right now? Which is the comedian thing to say in that scenario and is in, in no way endorsing rape or rape of this woman. But he had just gotten done in her thick fucking stupid head. He had just gotten done saying all the things that are wrong with rape. So that's a, there's an interesting part of that that never got reported um, when Daniel Tosh first got in trouble. So, uh, and if you don't remember, Daniel Tosh put out a statement. I don't think he ever, uh, Daniel Tosh never does it. He's an interesting guy. Yeah. And I'd like to do an episode about him if there was any information about him out there. No kidding. <laughs> but he doesn't do interviews or anything. 
Um, so I think he just put out like a press release or whatever, apologizing for this joke. And it was essentially, you know, if you read it, you could kind of tell it may as well have said, I'd like to keep my job on comedy central. So, uh, whatever you need me to say. Right. Um, but the part that never got reported in that is that Daniel Tosh started the joke by naming th- he's like, why would you want me to talk about rape and listing the things that clearly don't make rape funny to joke about? <laughs> like the very serious nature of rape is what Daniel Tosh is rattling off. And that never got reported because it doesn't make Daniel Tosh look like the villain that they wanted him to. Um, and a lot of people point to this Daniel Tosh joke as the start of, uh, cause they kind of got a kill. Daniel Tosh apologized. And another one was Tracy Morgan. Mm-hmm. where Tracy Morgan made jokes about if his son were gay, what he would do to him. It was a funny joke. And if, I mean, just if you know anything about Tracy Morgan, you know, it's absurd. Everything that comes out of his mouth is absurd. Yeah. So I don't, how you could not understand that is bizarre to me, but um, Daniel Tosh and Tracy Morgan work are always kind of the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The beginning, the starting point of when I think of the period of time, that we've been in, um, in comedy now. And by the way, the comedy police. Yeah. By the way, I will say just to balance this out a little bit, uh, if you're looking for some comedy in the other direction, Bo Burnham did just make a very funny skit about guys like us who are talking about cancel culture endlessly. Did he really? Oh, it was hilarious. On yeah, the, was that you. on his, I'll you, show you after. Was that his YouTube thing that he just released? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't watch and it. It was it very yet. good. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, so like I, I understand now it's been 10 years of guys like us talking about it. Um, so, you know, you could all you could you can genuinely ask how bad is cancel culture and that sort of thing. And I understand that argument. But um, this was a time when, you know, people were going after guys like Tosh simply because at, at least they wanted an apology. Now they really want blood. They want a firing. Right. But back then they'd settle for an apology. And one of the people at the forefront of uh, being angry with Daniel Tosh was Jamie Kilstein. Um, he went on NB- MSNBC and talked about it. He got in kind of a tweet storm and talked about it. And so uh, he and Rogan are going, it's pretty, probably hard for you to predict which side of this argument Joe Rogan takes <laughs> against Jamie Kilstein. <laughs> but uh, what's our, what's our next clip that we have? Uh, clever R word joke. Yeah, so, all right. Well, I guess that explains itself. So let's just hear it. And there were feminists that I went on TV with, like feminist writers who are like demonized as these humorless cunts who were fucking quoting Sarah Silverman, the Wanda Sykes rape bit, the Carlin rape bit. You know, there are definitely ways to do it. Um, But if there is a girl in an audience, even that girl who heckled, if she was fucking raped, and even if Tosh is totally 100% kidding, which he was, and says, wouldn't it be funny if five guys rape you? You know what? I, I do think that that girl having a fucking flashback or any girl in that audience having a fucking rape flashback, I'm like, it's not worth, it's not worth a bit. And there's so much stuff with rape that you can talk about, that you can make funny. Um, and I think that all topics in comedy should be addressed. And I think the best comedians are the ones that can address those really edgy topics. But if it's going to be like a sloppily, it would be funny if you were raped. And there are almost well, listen, definitely man, girls this that is not something he's constructing. No, he's okay. responding to someone saying something really stupid about rape that completely limits the amount of subjects he can respond with. Well, and he the, has to respond right. with something that applies to rape. 
Yeah, so it's really interesting watching because Jamie, I think, is making an interesting point at first and then kind of talks himself into a pretzel. Right. Where he's saying these topics should be addressed. And Rogan's point at the end there is basically like, well, Daniel Tosh didn't have time to craft an act around this. This woman yelled rape is never funny. So now it is literally Daniel Tosh's job to make rape funny. That's the position that that woman put Daniel Tosh in. Um, so the interesting thing there about what Jamie Kilstein is saying that I think a lot of people don't understand, um, Jamie Kilstein, I think is actually making good points for himself and for his act. Uh, Jamie, Kil- I, I would have no problem if, if I had Jamie Kil- Kilstein on to interview him and he was telling me about his comedy philosophy and said, Hey, I think about my crowd and I think if I want to make a rape joke, is it worth it if even one woman in that audience has gone through that experience? Is it worth it to put her through that sort of trauma? If Jamie Kilstein says, no, it's not worth it, I'm totally on board. That's absolutely your call. That's his choice, right? Uh, completely. The problem is when you say no comedian <laughs> should cross that line, yet you should be able to talk about subjects like, like rape because they're important to talk about. That's when you get into a murky area because what you're saying is no one can ever try out material, but we should, I'm sorry, no one should try out material that doesn't work, but we should talk about these important subjects. So you're really like wrapping yourself into a real narrow window you're trying to get through here. It's, it's a real, it's a real, it was a really good idea to name the show Why You Laughing because it always comes back to that clip where he says they, the jokes always come from the same place. Whether, yeah. And, and this is a That's perfect That's why I example. chose that Patrice clip because I think it's really, it's one of the best examples of uh, what a true comedian thinks. Right. Where literally he say he talks about in there, that's where the thing that I've quoted 10 million times comes from. Um, that if funny and not, I think we have it in the intro, actually. We funny do. and unfunny jokes come from the same birth, Patrice said. Um, and that's true. And that's what Jamie Kilstein's forgetting here. But uh, the boys keep getting into it here. I was watching these bloggers who have blogged about being rape survivors, retweeting these people who like these amateur comics and people like that who thought if they fucking tweeted some rape survivor, fucking Daniel Tosh would be friends with them or let them like open for him. They were tweeting like, I hope you get raped and just like more fucking rape threats. Right. Well, you introduce yourself into the argument again. You introduced yourself and your opinion into the argument. So you were judged. You said that you feel that you would rather be heckled than contribute to rape culture. You introduced you oh, yeah. into the argument. So, of, of course, that. of course, you're going to get whiplash. Of oh, course, you're going to get no, backlash. No, I'm not saying about blowback. me. I'm saying that when you have these. No, I actually didn't get it that bad. I mean, this is the first but time. But you just I've, said you did. You were just telling no, us about. No, no, no. I said bloggers, feminist bloggers who have written about being rape survivors okay. were getting rape threats. But you you got a lot of like shitty tweets, too. I mean, I got some, I got some shitty tweets. Yeah, for sure. But like. That's but fine. you're not like, shocked. It's not about no, because I, I, no, at no point was I trying to make this one. The Jonah Goldberg thing was one thing, but this I wasn't trying to make about me. I the just Jonah Goldberg. Th- that's the other. That's guy. the dude. Yeah, I just wanted the people who follow me to know that, like, because most comics uh, defended it, and so I just wanted to. I just wanted girls to know that I'm like, you know, if you've well, been listen, through this, like, man, I don't. I don't. I was watching that- these bloggers. That's the part I find very interesting. He's like, where he throws in, I wanted girls to know that I'm with them. <laughs> it's a very interesting mindset where it's, I don't want everyone to know. I just hope the ladies understand that I'm a sympathetic guy. You know where <laughs> I'm, I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah, you know where I'm coming from? 
So, um, but again, Jamie Kilstein saying, I kind of want to just give the other side. But the problem is he's not the same Jamie Kilstein that went on NBC, MSNBC and said, under no circumstances should Daniel Tosh be making jokes like that. And the part, uh, I don't believe Jamie Kilstein ever said Daniel Tosh should lose his job. Right. However, you have to understand when you go after someone in the manner that Jamie did, when you go on, you know, left wing national news um, and hammer a guy and say that this is how horrible this is and no human being should ever do it, but he did it. (laughs) That's the kind of guy that you're talking about. You're suggesting at the very least, some sort of punishment should be handed down. Right. Um, Now, Again, I think there's parts of Jamie Kilstein that shine through where he what he wants to be is the guy. Like I said, I believe he's a liberal. He wants to be the guy that says, hey, I'm just here providing the other side of the argument. What if there's a woman in the crowd that's been that's been raped um, and you're triggering that trauma for her? That's totally fine to present that side of the argument. But that's not what we're talking about. And that's what Jamie keeps losing. Does he does he come Um, across as authentic to you at all? No, well, I mean, we're going to get how inauthentic. <laughs> no, I know. We are going to get... Folks, there's a twist. There's a reason I called this the canceling of Jamie Kilstein. People <laughs> are right now thinking, oh, I get it. The canceling of Jamie Kilstein. He cancels people. But there's a twist. <laughs> Old Mikey's always keeping you on your toes. He's cancel culture, so, Batman. <laughs> so, we'll, so we'll get there. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. Well, the other thing I should mention um, is that... Uh, uh, the idea that what if there's an audience member that has been raped and now you're putting her through that. Um, and it's a lot like these people that are offended by, you know, Ricky Gervais or Dave Chappelle, or there's a story out of Canada um, that we might talk about on, I'm sure we'll talk about on the blind Mike project. People were very mad at the great rich Voss for um, making like racial jokes and kind of doing crowd work and shitting on the crowd. Mm. Um, Supposedly people walked out and the club banned him or something. (laughs) Um, So my argument to that would be, no, no, no. It's not the comedian's job to pull audience members before the show and say, Hey, what subjects are okay? What experiences have you had? What might trigger you? It's the audience members job to say, Maybe let me do a quick Google search on the guy I'm seeing here. Oh, Daniel Tosh makes offensive jokes. Do I get offended? I suppose sometimes I do, and it would really upset me. And it might make national news if I get mad enough. <laughs> so, How's so, my social media following? So, so let me let me stay away from this venue that Daniel Tosh is performing at. <laughs> Where I get like a quick Google search will, will show you Daniel Tosh. If you ever go watch his stand up. His point, he's uh, not dissimilar to Anthony Jeselnik. Right. And the idea is that like he, his character is basically a cocky asshole that wants to make you angry. Yeah, he's a less dark Anthony Jeselnik, I think. Yeah, and so this woman was like, why am I so angry at a Daniel Tosh show? I don't understand. I can't believe this. Uh, so what's the next clip? Uh, we agree. Oh, yeah, so, th- so again, I wanted to kind of show you... Um, and we might have some other examples, of this, but I wanted to show you how civil um, Joe and Jamie's discussion was. I find that very interesting because it comes into play afterwards where these are guys that were shooting the shit for an hour and 40 minutes, then get into 
kind of a heated, not heated, but like an argument, a, gen, a genuine argument or disagreement about this subject. An hour and 40 minutes in. Um, but was it so bad? Let's find out. Listen, man, I think uh, ultimately, though, we agree that it's it's about being a good person. And you, what you think is that talking and joking around about violent acts is not a part of being a good person. About the and victim of it. I, and I, I, I see your not point. The words, I totally not the see your point. culture, not the rape scenarios or whatever about like specifically like the punchline is the person who's raped. I, I think totally that's fucking lazy. I think it's lazy comedy, just like racial stereotypes. I think it's fucking lazy. I think people can be funnier and more creative than that yes uh and so first of all you see there joe being pretty reasonable and kind of saying what we've been saying where it's like hey if that's your individual take that's perfectly fine um i would also argue with jamie that i don't think it's lazy to joke about those subjects i think it can be very lazy like i think if you think a punchline is just saying the word rape and, and give for shock value getting a laugh, then yeah, that's absolutely lazy. Crowd there are certainly well-crafted jokes about subjects like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like these are, these are two guys having a fairly civil discussion or so I thought, uh, is that the last Rogan clip or no? Uh, mutual respect. Okay. So let's see how, again, let's see how they sign off here. Was it very heated? Did Jamie come off like he hates Joe? Let's find out. All right, so t- uh, thank you, Jamie. And listen, man, you know I love you. And uh, we, even though we disagree, I think you're a great guy. Okay. And I just want, you know, we, we can all have our differences of opinions on things. And, you know, and I, I know I got a little aggressive with you here and held you to the fire, but in no way is it that I disrespect you or don't like you or like hanging out with you or talking to you. Word. I just, uh, it's just, it's a tricky situation and it's a very passionate one to me. And, sure. of course, rape is terrible, folks. Oh, that that alpha bro, Joe Rogan. What a mean man. What a, <laughs> what a bully this Joe Rogan is. Yeah. <laughs> so now what we're about to show you um, is where comedians started to turn on Jamie Kilstein. And there is a full, I think like a 15 minute video on YouTube that someone did very well. And I believe it's titled uh, The Delusion of Jamie Kilstein, if you want to go find it. Now, for those of you that don't say I don't prepare enough for this show, I had to dig through hours and hours of, uh, what is it called? Civilian radio? Citizen radio. Yes. To find this. And if you don't think that's work, go listen to an episode. Just listen to what we're about to play. (laughs) So Citizen Radio is the podcast that um, Jamie started uh, with his wife, <clears throat> uh, Allison Kilkenny, I think her name is. Yes. And uh, so they started the podcast in like 2009, 2010. And it started out as kind of a comedy podcast that jokes about the news. And I think they fairly quickly found their lane, which was being more of a snarky like you know they would use comedy in the sense of they were very snarky um but it was certainly a political podcast it would be hard to put that in the comedy category it became a very political podcast um so uh th- by the way they are a married couple who along the way they talk about how they're in an open relationship we'll get more into that later it's a very it's a strange scenario but they are married here um so this is uh, I believe it's three days, but it's their next podcast after um, Jamie Kilston was on Rogan. 
he flew back to uh, New York is where I think he lives. And um, this is the first podcast they do after Jamie's uh, appearance on the Joe Rogan experience. And you folks listen to the clips. You tell me if this is an accurate portrayal of what we just heard. I went on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast because it went really well last time. And uh, I was yelled at about how about rape for two hours and uh, by the other guests or by Joe Joe. and his co-host and uh, and I was like oh all right and uh, his little fucking weird syncophant syncophantic syncophantic fans have just been adding Joe saying that uh, and me that uh, I should be raped, that I should get AIDS and be raped, that many, many of them uh, said that Joe Rogan raped me. And I bet they're like, I'm the only one who said that. So there's a few things here. First, if I can backtrack a minute to show you how early on in the Joe Rogan experience this was. I think it was like episode 258 or something like that. 252. 252. I think. And when he says co-host there, it's so early on in the Joe Rogan experience that the guests don't even know what Brian Redband's role was at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so that's who he's referring to when he says co-host is uh, Brian Redband. But OG Jamie. Very, very interesting to hear there Jamie's portrayal of what we just heard where it was an assault. Joe Rogan beat him up and yelled at him. Did you hear any of that in the clips we played? <laughs> no, it sounded like a pretty nice conversation that had a happy ending. Yeah, now there are things that Jamie brings up um, and the delusion of Jamie Kilstein video points some of these out where Jamie does name things that technically in a, happened in a court of law. You couldn't sue him for slander, you know, or libel, whichever one that applies there. Yeah, but um, it, but his distortion of the events is what's most interesting. And it's also interesting to hear in that clip, Jamie kind of play the victim who is getting all of these mean tweets when is in one of the clips we played earlier, Jamie talks about how I don't give a fuck. Tweet me all you want. I don't, it's Twitter. Who cares? kind of plays the victim <laughs> a thousand well, percent plays the victim. I say kind of, cause we have another clip left. So we're ramping up. <laughs> Do we? I believe so. No, that was the only one for that. Oh, that was the only one. The damn it. Yeah. Um, go watch the uh, delusion of Jamie Kilstein because essentially it's 15 minutes of Jamie citing things like um, Joe bringing up certain rape statistics and just saying, uh, you know, basically Jamie pulled that up. Although the name was Brian back then, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, he would say, well, pull up those statistics, statistics, something Joe has always done. Cause you know, I think he's weirdly afraid of people accusing him of spreading disinformation. I don't know where that comes from. It seems so. But, but um, he was doing it even back then. And so Jamie makes up, it guys? seem like... What's that? No, no, sorry. Um, Jamie makes it seem like Joe was shouting him down when he was simply saying, like, look that up. And the wife starts chiming in with things like, um, you know, Oh, oh, really? Like, oh, rape is so cool with that community. And then they start getting into um, portraying, you know, Joe Rogan's fans as these monsters. It's something similar that you hear from people who attack 
bar stool or like Kirk's brought Kirk's brought it up a million times where um people who uh attack bar stool let's say let's use that as the example they'll go after bar bar stool or Dave Portnoy and then Barstool fans will say, hey, you're wrong. And here's a list of examples as to why. <laughs> and then that person will go, oh, they're attacking me on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 you injected yourself in this. So it's not crazy for fans to react. Now, I'm also certain there are people um, who were assholes. And I'm so certain of that because it's Twitter and the Internet. Right. And that's what people do. Um so yeah, you know what? I might send you a clip. There, there was a couple other clips in there. I might send it to you in post to put them in because that Allison Kilkenny is not uh, not blameless in all of this, as we'll see as we go along. Put in the um, But what do we uh, what do we have next? Uh, next we have the moving on. <sighs> okay, so we really got to ramp forward here. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll have a lot of explaining to do before we get to our next clip, because um, so like I said. Uh, actually that the, the video that I just referenced, the YouTube video, the delusion of Jamie Kilstein, Rogan tweeted that at James, the next day when that came out, um, Joe Rogan tweeted, Hey, Jamie Kilstein, you lied about me on your show and we're very disrespectful. And here's some examples of how, and you know, of course, Jamie doesn't really acknowledge that, but it was something Rogan called him out for. And then Jamie kind of got beat. So Jamie cemented himself in that podcast, not the Rogan podcast, but I believe it was the follow-up podcast where he trashes Rogan um, and plays the victim. That's where Jamie cemented himself as no longer a comedian. He can do stand-up for his crowd, certainly, and he had a following, but he's not going to the comedy store or the comedy cellar and getting high fives as he walks in. You right, know? right. Uh, um, so, you know, that it's, it's considered uh, anti-comedy essentially what he did. Right. And a lot of what Jamie does is white knight for causes, whether it's Daniel Tosh or whatever, you know, the, the issue of the day was, he would be super woke on this podcast, citizen radio. And it got to the point where citizen radio's audience was, so far left to call this uh, anywhere near moderate would be insane. You couldn't do it. Um, they were extreme leftists. So that's what makes things a little murky when you are living in an open marriage and like to fuck <laughs> because that's what Jamie Kilstein did. So there are situations um, do we have the specific accusations from that Jezebel article that I sent you? So, uh, with one of the girls, yeah, what she said, oh, let me pull it up here. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll preface it by saying this is an article, uh, Jezebel wrote this and they are nothing if not the, uh, highest of journalism yeah. <laughs> at Jezebel. They really make sure to check their facts there before they ruin someone's life. Um, so some accusations were lobbed at Jamie Kilstein and, um, this is what they were. This is by the, keep in mind. This is Jezebel trying their hardest to make Jamie Kilstein look like a monster. Yeah. So they hired Citizen Radio hired one and only one staff member. It was this woman, the first one. Um, so a year into the into the job, 
she says, he decided that he wanted me to travel to a show with him, and I have never done that before. Um, on the train ride there, uh, uh, Kilstein said to her, the onlooker might think that we're flirting. Later that day, he suggested watching TV together in her hotel room, and the relationship became sexual that night. According to the woman, Kilstein was still in a committed marriage with Kilkenny, but after the affair stretched on for nearly two years, the woman said she tried to break things off multiple times, but was, una- was unable to. Uh, That's very interesting. Unable to. I'm not sure what that means. but I've always wondered that. According, according to Jamie Kilstein's timeline and uh, their podcast, where they talk about having an open marriage, um, they were, I'm, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. I'm uh, I'm getting my my facts wrong here. They did talk about it on the podcast, but it wasn't until after his relationship with this girl. Yeah. Um Jamie talks about a lot ha- living in an open marriage and he says eventually they became like he goes she was my best friend, but we were kind of like friends and business partners more than a married couple. Um we were in an open marriage, but we didn't talk about it on the podcast and so we were kind of hiding it from people. Which yeah. made me feel guilty. Me, me being Jamie Kilstein. Right. Um, so Jamie Kilstein said he felt guilty because they weren't public about their open relationship. Right. Um, so they ended up talking about it on the podcast later. Now, so right now the worst accusation is that he cheated on his wife. I don't know what this woman means by she wasn't allowed out of the relationship. Um, I don't know. It doesn't get into any further details. And Jezebel, of course, did not ask Jamie about that. Um, but there, are there any other a- accusations in this? Um, he said, uh, he never accepted that I was really done. So there were several times where I tried to break the relationship off, but he's my boss. So she's playing that angle, like the Louie one. Yeah. So the other thing Jamie said is that she didn't really like work for the, it's a strange, it's a strange story, which I think we'll get more into, but these are basically the accusations are kind of of a nature where the power trip. I guess yes, I guess they're they're saying that Jamie Kilstein abused his power with this woman, right? Um, and there are some other accusations like that. I would say that's probably the worst one, right? An- another one in there is that Jamie referred to someone. This is when they were open about their open relationship. Jamie Kilstein referred to someone, one of these girls, as a quote road fuck. Um, and in the Jezebel article, it says we were not able to find this audio, which is apparently because Jamie Kilstein never said that. <laughs> so some, some, some shoddy journalism by, uh, by Jezebel there. Yeah. When you can't find um, it, just print it. Yeah. So it's, it's littered with, uh, accusations like that. Now, were you able to find, I, I do think it was deleted, but it may have been printed in that article. The Facebook were you able post? To find Allison's Facebook post. Yes. Um, okay, so let's hear uh, that. So basically, this Jezebel article drops. Jamie Kilstein is a reported sexual predator. Mm-hmm. And um, this is what Allison Kilkenny posts on Facebook after that news. Recently, some disturbing allegations have been brought to my attention, entailing several women who have accused Jamie of being manipulative, emotionally abusive, and predatory in his behavior. Yeah, so. Kind of short and sweet there. It's pretty so sweet. <laughs> we don't really get into it's strange. Uh, that would be a strange statement if I said it about Craig. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if Craig left the podcast and I gave a sentence about it on Twitter, right? It'd be pretty weird. 
Not to not, and Craig and I are not in a uh, marriage, so it would be much weirder if we were a married couple. And I was just like, "Yeah, he's out." So, uh, so, so the podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's far from over. Oh, I know. Um, so uh, Allison does address it. So okay, her Facebook post was a little short, but certainly we're going to get some answers on the next episode of Citizen Radio. Um, by the way, this is about four years after this Rogan stuff. I probably should have said that. This is not right right after. Right, right, right. Time Uh, has gone by. Yeah, this is about four years later. Um, So this is Allison Killed Kenny on the next episode of Citizen Radio. So I already posted on my Facebook page about what happened and the various allegations of, um, you know, emotional manipulation and predatory behavior by Jamie. Jamie is no longer on the show. He's no longer with Citizen Radio. Um... (laughs) I had a lot of people ask, a lot of people were very sweet and they wanted to support me, but, and I understand this, they don't want their money going to Jamie. So I'll say this, um, I'm working as quickly as possible to untangle our finances. In the meantime, you can sign up at my Patreon. I think eventually what I'm going to do is, once we are financially independent, um, I'm going to start my own podcast. I'll still be doing a podcast. It won't be Citizen Radio. Uh, I have a brand new name, new website, all that stuff. But um, yeah, I just wanted to, because that was the main question we were getting from people, where they were like, how do I support you? (laughs) I'm sure. I would think if uh, you just found out that your husband was a sexual predator, (laughs) <laughs> who used his power to cheat on you. Yeah. I would think the first question you get is like, you got a Patreon I can subscribe to? Yeah, we're gonna we're no longer doing this show. We're gonna do Citizen Rackio. <laughs> so I found it, I did find it very interesting um, that her first instinct was to just say, like I said, her husband, uh, his life was just destroyed. It, but this is like uh, probably six months before me too really ramped up mm-hmm. like Jamie Kilstein was right, right before that. You could say he, sp- he was at the, uh, the, the forefront of all of this, these liberal movements. <laughs> Jamie right. Kilstein was first. Right. Um, so it's interesting. This married couple, she finds out like Jamie's been, you know, cheating on her. And she says, uh, don't worry. Uh, your money is safe with me. <laughs> <laughs> it was an interesting instinct. Um, but there's one more clip from that, right? Yeah. Believe all um, the victims. This is, we played, we pl- we're playing two clips from maybe like a four minute segment from their podcast. Yeah. We're playing most of the segment. does not spend a yeah. lot of time on Jamie Kilstein. Yeah. So that was my husband and we're done and uh, follow me on Patreon. Don't worry about it. Keep your money flowing in folks. Imagine, imagine being married and she doesn't believe you. <laughs> it's wild. Oh no. Well, I mean, we're kind of jumping ahead here, but what it is, is not that she doesn't believe him. It's that she's married to him, knows that what the situation is, but says our fan base is so far to the left that I am not allowed to come out and say, hey, did Jay, it's not really what you think. Jamie's not a bad guy. Right. She's right, not right. allowed to say that. So she's like, I'm cutting all ties with him. Right. And this is a woman that Jamie said we, we were best friends and business partners <laughs> and just... This one day after this after this Jezebel article drops, he is out. So let's hear one more uh, from Citizen Radio. 
I just want everybody to know I'm like, I'm devastated about what happened. Sounded. Um, obviously, I, I believe the victims. I'm furious that like our <laughs> safe little community was violated like this. And I just really love you guys and thank you for the support. And um, Keisha and Andy, thank you for being here. Um, yeah. And that's that's what I have to say about that. That's it. <laughs> I like how I like how she turns into Forrest Gump. That's all I have to say about that. Don't worry, <laughs> gang. Don't worry about it. Getting a divorce from my husband. He was uh, cheating on me. He's a sexual predator. I feel like I mean, two minutes is probably way more than enough to spend on that little issue. Yeah. So big, let's get to uh, the news of the day. <laughs> big deal. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's very very briefly touched on on Citizen Radio. But meanwhile, Jamie Kilstein's life is falling apart. Oh, yeah. So is the next clip we have just his first public appearance? No, uh, we have Kilstein from Legion of Skanks. Oh, yes. I should mention this. So <laughs> as, uh, as Jamie's life is falling apart, he is persona non grata. This, I mean, what I should have done is I, it, was, it was too tough to like find actual tweets from that time at Jamie Kilstein. Right. But it was a bloodbath on social media for this guy. He was being painted as a rapist. Um, but, and with no help from his, uh, podcast partner and ex-wife. Um, but he was also getting beaten up by the comedy community because like I said, he turned their back on them. Uh, he was no longer pro comedy. He was now pro this, you know, sort of woke movement. And uh, comedy responded. So uh, Jamie Kilstein made an appearance on Legion of Skanks that week. <laughs> he sure did. Let me pull this up. Uh... System, bro. It was great. I was working lots of good rooms. I'm banned from the creek now. Are you banned from yeah. Rebecca? You're not Rebecca wouldn't let me in. I came in before, and, what was your and uh, she's like, you can't come in. I'm like, if I listen to every bitch that said that, I'd never get laid. Kilstein! <laughs> 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 yeah. So that was Aaron Berg on Legion of Skanks in a red wig, and dressed <laughs> like Jamie Kilstein, <laughs> which, which uh, yeah. a lot, like, I, the Legion of Skanks and like that group of guys were fairly cool to Jamie when this happened. They certainly shit on him, as you can hear there. Uh, but oh, the big joke around that time was, wouldn't it be crazy if Jamie Kilstein kind of took this persona of like the opposite of what he was doing? But right. then he kind of did that. He started making the rounds on podcasts and like Nick Mullen was uh, kind of on the forefront of come town where he was saying, Hey, like Jamie Kilstein is going on these podcasts and kind of being like, a right winger now. Like he's down, like fuck, fuck women, like playing into that role a little bit. Mm -hmm. And Nick Mullen's point was like, how do you not see that he's playing you like everything? So everything he's done for the last 10 years is phony or this is phony or more likely both. Right. So it was a weird move, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's hear Jamie's uh, first public appearance. Uh, this is with uh, Doug Stanhope, right? This is Doug Stanhope's show. Yep. Yeah, so, oh, this is something I should have mentioned, too. I, I might have briefly said it, but Jamie, like, when I mentioned his act, like his stand-up, before he got uh, super into, like, politics and stuff like that, he opened for Doug Stanhope, which, if you guys know anything about Doug Stanhope's comedy, 
um, the nice cock song probably wouldn't have played to his audience. Right. So Jamie was a comedian that had respect from him. And like Doug Stanhope liked him. He saw what happened to Jamie and uh, he invited him on his podcast in front of a live audience at the All Things Comedy Festival in, I want to say, early 2017. I have no data on this. That's fine. His wife is a feminist. They start a podcast, Citizen Radio, it was called. And Jamie, somewhere between the tattoos, the sit-ups, the crunches, the kettlebells, uh, the fucking veganism and the sobriety, he became a feminist too. Because what man in here hasn't done dumb shit to impress a woman? He's got this big, I'm, we're feminists. I'm a male feminist podcast. (laughs) Which pretty well encapsulates what Jamie Kilstein was doing. Oh, for sure. The reason Jamie got fucked over was because of his own politics. Like when articles like that would come out about other people, Jamie would say, believe the victims. This man is a rapist. You know, you should be fed to the dogs. <laughs> and so when Jamie, when that happens to Jamie, it's tough to have a lot of sympathy for the guy. Right. But who were the first people to call Jamie? But comedians. It was Doug Stanhope. He went on Burt Kreischer. Um, and then I think the next clip we have is from, so uh, it's Rogan, right? The next thing we have? It is. I'm pulling it up now. So um, when Joe heard uh, Jamie on Doug Stanhope's show, first call he made was to Jamie Kilstein, said, come on the podcast. Let's, uh, let's hear your side of things. Yes, the, uh, the open relationship. Um, yeah, so I, 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 rather than me trying to explain uh, the whole rigmarole, because even as I was saying it, I could tell it sounded like, oh, there's Mike saying, who cares if he pressured this girl? <laughs> <laughs> so, so forget my defense of him, and let's just hear how Jamie describes it. So what was also not talked about in these articles is that for the last however many years before um, Alice and I got separated. We were in an open relationship. We just didn't, we talked about it on the show eventually, but for a while we didn't talk about it. Um, and which to anyone in a fucking open relationship, like it's a nightmare when you're not talking about it. Cause you feel like a, a lecherous cheating creep. Uh, cause you're in an open relationship. But I mean, you don't talk about it. So then when girls meet you and you tell them, yeah, you go, I'm in like, a, yeah, right. Yeah. Totally. When you go, right. I'm in a secret open relationship. Yeah. They're like you're full of shit. Right. right. Um, and so, you know, I like kind of did the road thing, but like felt like a fucking creep and the road thing, meaning hook up with girls. Yeah. 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 Okay. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, I was finally just like, we have to talk about it. And at this point, and I don't want to shit on anybody, uh, you know, at this point, um, you know, my co-host and I, we were like, we were pretty much just like really good friends, right. Who lived together and did a show together. Yeah, so you probably didn't need me to say that before, but I could have just let Jamie speak for himself. But, but there you hear kind of a more, and now you, you can definitely say that's only one side of the story. But in the Jezebel article, um, one of the girls that was uh, the quote victim said he never did anything wrong to me. He was a perfect gentleman. Uh, the only reason I'm mentioning it is he may have been cheating on his wife, which, which we now know he wasn't. Right. So it's very weird, the whole scenario. Um, so what do, the, what do Rogan and Jamie get into now? Uh, believe all women. 
Yeah, so this is Jamie kind of talking about the situation, the box that he put himself in with his uh, political views. Years after all this, I guess what happened was one of these girls um, essentially started to try to find any girl who has been pissed off by me before. And they found enough for an article that um, I think like two articles came out. Um, I left Citizen Radio because the show was getting a ton of complaints um, because our inner circle started to find out that there were quote unquote accusations, which the word accusation makes it sound Weinstein-y. Um, Accusations of so that's what it, so this they, is, they were saying, but there was it was very unspecific what I read. They said predatory behavior, yeah. and I was like, oh, meaning he's trying to get laid. That's what a man does, like not predatory no in way, the sense Joe. of you're victimizing someone or raping someone or doing something horrible to someone or even. And this is when my own words kind of bit me in the ass because you, I spent an entire year. Uh, or years being like, you know, uh, hashtag believe women. And then you read that and you go, ah, hashtag don't believe women. Like you don't know what to right. do. And like, I, I, I was always like, if you call a girl who accuses you, uh, uh, you know, crazy, you're just projecting and like, you're trying right. to, and then suddenly I'm reading this article. I'm like, this is fucking crazy. So that clip, I think kind of pretty well represents why I wanted to do this episode. Yeah. Cause I, I think Jamie Kilstein is one of the best examples of a guy who got swept up into a character and to be, if we can be totally unbiased here, I would say the opposite end of this is a guy like Owen Benjamin, let's say. Yep. Where Owen Benjamin started out as a guy who just wanted to make jokes about topics that would offend people and then became like a right wing conspiracy theorist nut who was shitting on comedians, like going after comedians. So there there's both sides of this where when you become a character or a caricature of what your political beliefs are. It's a very dangerous road because you have to hold yourself to these standards. And maybe Jamie Kilstein never would have gotten canceled, but he would have gone so far down this rabbit hole that he would have been completely out of touch with who he really was, which he was for a long time. Correct. Uh, So what's next? Bad journalism. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we need Joe and Jamie to tell us after reading the Jezebel article, but let's hear what they say. Um, and I'm not going to quote exactly. She also wrote into another podcast and I heard this, but essentially what the woman said, we did not sleep together. It alluded that we slept together. It didn't say that I was in an open relationship, but we didn't sleep together. Um, she told me she didn't want to, uh, uh, sleep together. And I was like, great. No problem. Um, she's like, I don't want, or I don't want it to go further than that. You know? Okay. So I was like, cool. Even if you change your mind, we're not going to do it. Got it. And then in the article, in the article about me being a predator, it's like, I felt so safe and, and, and it was a great night. And I was like, this sounds like an article about me being a good dude. And then it said, but then weeks later, she heard on the podcast that she, uh, she was just a quote road fuck. And then Jezebel in parentheses, this one author, author from Jezebel in parentheses said, Jezebel could not find the clip. Right. Cause it doesn't fucking exist because I'm not going to call someone a road fuck next to my wife on my feminist podcast. Not only that, <laughs> you're not going to say it if you didn't even have sex with them. And we didn't have sex. Yeah. And I would also throw in, if he did call her a road fuck, that's not a crime. It's literally what happened. It might be, it might, well, it might be shitty. Like if that girl hears that, she might be like, ah, fuck him. But that's about the extent of what that would be. You know, it's not right. article worthy. You right. know, he insulted a girl he fucked, which he, he didn't fuck. But 
It's such a fascinating story, but like I hate it. I really so think much. it is. I hope people are enjoying it. If you made it this far in the episode, let me know whether whether or not you enjoyed it. Because I do think it's a fascinating story. And listen, I, I'm well aware that the cancel culture stuff has probably been overdone to a certain extent. But I think if you can kind of soberly and unbiasedly look at a story like Jamie Kilstein's, I do think it is an interesting, uh, well, to quote Dave Chappelle, history lesson, I suppose, <laughs> about sort of the last, you know, 10 year cycle that we've been in in comedy. Right. Exactly. Um, now what? Jamie learning. Yeah. So let's hear what, uh, what Jamie learned through this process. Uh, talking about, uh, rape and child rape and the whole show became very rape themed. Right. And there was a girl next to me and there's a woman next to me and my girlfriend. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe I I might need to preface this a little bit Mm -hmm. just to say that the way he's talking about being at, um, that all things comedy festival where we heard him with Doug Stanhope. Yep. Um, he's at that festival watching like these guys on stage, like, uh, Bert and Doug and guys like that. Just started screaming, like, don't talk about it. And like, so they ignored her the whole time. Um, and my girlfriend and I would look over and then she would like have another sip of her drink and watch the show and giggle. And then rape would come up and she was like, stop time. She would just scream. But like, she didn't, she didn't, she didn't, she didn't leave. Like she didn't get up and leave. And that was like it was so interesting to be on like sort of the opposite end of that where, you know, nothing offensive was really happening. And I'm like, fuck man, I, I'm next to that lady from the Tosh show. This right. is, this is like my karmic fate. Uh, and I'm just like, she should go, she should leave. But anyway, so I was on the not comic side of that. And by then I wasn't doing comedy clubs. I was never really accepted into comedy clubs. I'm just playing for my progressive audience at like a vegan coffee house. Like, that's I'm just playing random like little rock gigs for like my audience. So again, echo chamber, right? And I'm not hanging out with comics. So when people are like, why aren't you defending a comic? I'm like, I don't know, man, because I don't think I am one. Like I, I, I didn't really consider myself one. It's so interesting what a what a sack full of cum can do to a man. <laughs> like that you hear him right there that he was like so horned up that he changed who he was to yeah. impress these girls. Right. And they're all there is something like so I find Jamie to be a somewhat sympathetic character in at least what the end result of this was. Mm-hmm. But there's also a part of me that does have to remember what Nick Mullins said where it's like even now, maybe he's playing us now. We don't know who the real guy is. And that is the punishment when you spend, you know, eight, 10 years of your life being one character and then realizing, even if his realization was genuine, which I'm sure it was, um, you don't get to just come back and be like, I'm one of the boys now, you know, locker room talk. I'm in baby. I'm one of the fellas. Yeah. And so uh, him and him and Nick Mullen ended up roasting each other at Skankfest. I was there, as a matter of fact. Um, and Nick annihilated him. Like you knew that was going to be a rough one for Jamie. Yeah. But the thing I found interesting in that is um, Jamie told jokes where like he made some like uh, made some reference like to the Holocaust didn't exist, like a joke like that, like trying to play to his interpretation of what the Skankfest audience was. Yeah. And everyone saw right through it and was, and I think Mike Lawrence was one of the judges and was like, Jamie was kind of sad to watch you be like, Hey, Nazis and white supremacy. I'm one of the guys. (laughs) Except me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Was there any more from Rogan? 
Nope, that was it. We just have the one clip of uh, Chrissy Mayer, which I couldn't download the video. I just have the audio. That's fine. Yeah, so this is this is Jamie talking about the comedy community and how basically this group that Jamie was a part of is a group that kind of identifies as these progressive, accepting people who... Um, you know, believe all kinds should have equal rights and equal treatment and all of that, which is very nice. And yet when they found out something, they're pretty sure they didn't like about Jamie Kilstein, they exiled. He's out. He's not one of us, which is very interesting for a group that supposedly accepts all kinds to not look at some of the facts and things like that. So Jamie explains here who kind of did look at the facts and look at who Jamie was as a person. But like, for me, I didn't really have support until again, I started reaching out to comics again. Like the person who like Stanhope was the one who was like, dude, let's get you back out there. And then Doug brought me on his show for the first all things comedy festival and Bert and Morgan were on the show. And then Rogan called that week and he's like, let's get you back on the show. And I was like, fuck man, I shit on comics so much. And the thing with comedy is like, I think where comics have the advantage in cancel culture is and where I fucked up was I stopped being a comic. Mm. Uh, but is that they are open about their mistakes and their flaws because that's what we talk about. And, you know, they can be open to, you know, I'm a liberal, but I disagree with this. I disagree with cancel culture or I'm a conservative, but I'm socially, of course, I'm fine with what gay people do or whatever the fuck it is. And like comics can be nuanced and comics can see both sides and comics can be forgiving. I, And right there, I think that's so, I think it's very well said. And I think it's a great example of why I'm a fan of this world and very interested in stand-up comedy and everything. Because these are guys that can say horrible things and yet still have empathy and compassion and understand humanity and make jokes about rape, but still know that rape is a horrible thing. Right. You know, it's much more nuanced than the people who are against them would want you to believe. Um, and so, you know, and and that's why go to any, I mean, you guys know that have been to any Minifan events, or, and it's true of Stoolies or the Skanks fans or any group like that. And I actually, I, our boy uh, Carl from WATP, he just said the same thing where someone kind of went after his fans, I guess. And he said, you know, these people are maniacs on the internet, but we just met them at the live show. They couldn't be sweeter. Right. And that's true of the Minifans, fans where it's like, you know, I'll meet people who may have shit on me online, but in front of me, they couldn't be nice. Like they couldn't be sweeter human beings. Um, so and that that's the that's the you know nuance that's lost on a lot of you know SJWs and people, I I hate to keep using that term but I just don't know a better one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the nuance nuance that's lost on a lot of those people. That yes, you can make shitty jokes and a lot of them aren't going to be funny. You know what I mean? Like I make right. fun of uh, the very good show boys for being a uh, horrible racist white supremacist. Right. And they are of course. Yeah. But what I'm really doing there is saying that they throw out jokes that sometimes sound like that because not every joke works, <laughs> oh, you boy. know? Yeah. Yeah. Ex- and, and it particularly happens on podcasting by the way, cause it's not a well thought out. You're not doing an act. Right. You know what I mean? You're not doing something you've tried before. You're just talking off the cuff. So to hold 
you know, get ready, folks, because I'm about to use the laundry list that I've used 10,000 times. But to hold people like Shane Gillis or Daniel Tosh or Tracy Morgan or Kevin Hart or whoever, to hold them to these standards of, well, if we found a joke that you made and you fucked up, buddy, because that's not a great thing to say. Well, then you eliminate any trial and error. Anyone finding out on their own, oh, that wasn't funny. Because like we played, uh, I don't know if you listened, Craig, you weren't on the episode, the Howard Stern episode. I have not uh, gotten to it yet. OJ no. Simpson episode? No, not yet. We talked about, like, we played a lot of clips of uh, Howard talking about, like, Lance Ito and doing a uh, certain accent. <laughs> right. And pl- playing a gong and shit like that. And my point was kind of like, hey, you didn't need, uh, I'm sure there were groups that were mad at Howard Stern or whatever. I know you, you know, dealt with a lot of that shit, but you didn't need to cancel a Howard Stern to make that unfunny. What you had to do was give it time because now we listen to shit like that from 1994 and we're like, ah, that's kind of hacky. You know, rather than saying like, how dare you? It becomes like kind of old, like not really that funny. Like it's been done before. It loses that shock value that it once had. And then it's over. We move on to something else, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's what I think is, uh, is beautiful about comedy and, and stand-ups and all that. And uh, it's part of the reason I, I do a show like this and try to pay homage to my boys. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, at the end of the day, I don't know where I stand on Jamie Kilstein. I don't like him. Um, and that's fine. That, that's actually totally reasonable. Um, because like I said, he was pulling the wool over our eyes for, you know, 10 years. Right. But um, I do feel bad for the fact that like, he, you know, kind of took the stance of like, Hey, I'm on your side. And the second there was a whiff of controversy or a whiff of maybe you stepped over a line that we've drawn. Uh, you're out. You're, you're, you're gone. You're not part of us anymore. We're not going to look into the facts. We're not going to talk to you about what happened. We're not going to have you on your own podcast to give your side of the story. That's the real amazing thing. Right. Um, so, uh, and to kind of speak to the guy that Jamie is, he left cause they were getting complaints. Like he could have said like, no, this is my podcast. We're either shutting it down or I'm going to be on it, whatever. Well, that would have been he was taken- like, nah, you know what? That would have been taking money. That? that would have been taking money away from a woman. That wouldn't have been great. Yeah, we heard. You can subscribe to our Patreon, folks. I'm sure it's still <laughs> thriving. Um. So yeah, I, I I don't know at the end of the day where I stand on Jamie Kilstein. Um. He's back, and you know what I like that he's he's done a little bit is I think he's stepped off of that trying to be someone he's not in the other direction. Right. Where now he's not trying to make like Holocaust jokes and essentially just yelling, "Accept me." <laughs> You know, yeah. I think he's a little more of uh, who maybe who he started comedy as, which right. is a good thing. Right. So exactly. Check out gay Jamie Kilstein if you want. If you hate his guts, that's fine, too, I suppose. Um, but either way, let me know what you thought uh, on social media. Why you laughing pod on Instagram? Um, you know, or our blind Mike underscore on Twitter. Craig VGS on Twitter. Uh, make sure you check out Vaulted Podcast Studios. We are not there today, but uh it sounds better. StreamYard, you know, it gets the job done. But doesn't it sound better when we're in the vaulted podcast studio? So much better. So hit up Matt from Rhode Island. Um, VaultedPodcastsRI.com in Pawtucket. And um, do your podcast there or film something. Whatever you're trying to record, make sure you do it there. 
for episodes a week early of Why You Laughing, as well as bonus episodes of The Blind Mike Project, uh, More on Money, TV Time Capsule, some weird, wacky stuff that we do. Go to patreon.com slash blindmike. Make sure you subscribe to the $10 tier if you want Why You Laughing a week early. Um, and uh, then if you got more money to spend, hit up uh, patreon.com slash very good show. That's where the Craigster is. Yeah, we went live for the first time last night. It was a, a ball of fun. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Follow uh, Mike underscore VGS on Twitter because I think he wants more social media interaction. So Boy. go follow him as well. Boy. And uh, And we will talk to you guys next week on Why Are You Laughing?